Well, it was it was it was the turning point in my life when I discovered that there's a direct relationship between how much you like yourself and how much you like others and how much they like you right back. And in selling, the reason I have been so successful in selling, I have sold more books and audio and video programs in more countries. Now at now at 84 countries uh, in, in, in 50 languages. I just learned this from my publisher uh, earlier this week, 50 languages. The number one finding that people tell me over and over again is that the more they worked on themselves, yeah. which, which is completely under your control, that's mm. the most amazing thing, is the more they worked on themselves, the more everything around them just fell into place. Many of you like have been waiting for this tonight and uh, watching this bald guy speak for two hours, waiting for for a real legend, and it's a real honor to have him on tonight. And I believe he's he's here. One moment, but before I before I introduce him, um, I am just have we just I'm very privileged to have him on board, and his team's just been so amazing to work with. And I don't know if he knows this, but the, this was the very first book I ever read when it came to sales. The very first book I ever read when it came to sales. Um, and uh, I don't know if Ryan knows that, but if you please do me a big, big, big favor, everybody, and virtually, and virtually, please give Mr. Brian Tracy a huge round of applause. Hi, Brian. How are you, Ryan? So nice I'm, to see you. Yeah, you too. How are you? Wonderful. And thank you very much for your kind comment on that book. You know, it's I'm just one of my clients. I was just talking to last week, who's now a multimillionaire, started yeah. off basically in knocking on doors and selling the way you and I do. And he said, basically, that book changed his life. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had other people say they found the book in a bookstore and it's in the bottom shelf because my name is T. So it's not uh. up at a higher level. And they found the book and they read the book and their and their life is different ever since. Most important thing is, is, is the concept, they say, of self-esteem. It's yeah. how much you like yourself and how much you respect yourself. And I can see in you, you know, you have this, this, this warm uh, attitude. You actually like yourself. And the more you like yourself, the more you like the people you work with. And the more you like the people you work with, the more they like you back. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a simple upward spiral, but it's the key to business success. Yeah. Why do you think... Brian, I mean, I, th I mean, this. If you if you read, if you haven't read, first of all, you haven't read the book, guys. Just like, do yourself a favor. It's amazing. It's amazing how many chiropractic analogies I found in here, Brian. Um, I know you've done a lot of work with that, and we have a mutual a mutual friend in uh, Dan Kennedy, and and it was very interesting to see that. But why do you think was when you talk about self esteem and you talk about you know liking yourself more to have abundance and sales and stuff? Why do you think that a lot of people missed over that? It's almost like a bit woo woo, and we'll talk about it in this setting, but why do you think that it's kind of a, a, a taboo subject at times for success to talk about loving yourself first, liking yourself first, self-esteem, belief in your product or service? Well, it was, it, was, it was the turning point in my life when I discovered that there's a direct relationship between how much you like yourself and how much you like others and how much they like you right back. And in selling, the reason I've been so successful in selling I have sold more books and audio and video programs in more countries. Now at, now at 84 countries 
uh, in, in, in 50 languages. I just learned this from my publisher uh, earlier this week, 50 languages. The number one finding that people tell me over and over again is that the more they worked on themselves, yeah. which, which is completely under your control, that's mm. the most amazing thing, is the more they worked on themselves, the more everything around them just fell into place because everything counts. This is a very important thing for all of our friends here is everything counts. Everything you do helps or hurts. Everything raises your self-esteem or lowers it. Nothing is neutral. Nothing is neutral. So therefore, if you get up in the morning and plan your day and exercise and get fit and organize your time, every one of those positive constructive steps makes you feel better about yourself and you automatically are a better person in your interactions with your clients. Mm-hmm. The, the, the way it starts mostly is with your kids, with your children, mm-hmm. your spouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, have, I learned this before I had my first child, the importance of self-esteem and self-respect and, and, and value in yourself. And I've taught my children. My children, uh, this, again, this I learned because I had a Catholic uh, upbringing. My children have never been criticized. I have four children. The oldest is 40. The youngest is 28. I've, they've never been criticized. They've always been boosted. Our, yeah. Do we have arguments? Do we have difficulties? Do we have challenges? Absolutely. But I've always treated them as though they were really valuable and important people. And that just gives them almost like a, you know, that the, 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 it just gives them a, a sort of a, an iron protection is that yeah. nothing, nothing stops them. Uh, in, in selling, we say the most important requirement is um, is self-discipline, yeah. uh, self-discipline, self-respect, and that every everything that you do to uh, discipline yourself, to uh, commit yourself. The, the best definition I heard, I learned from a man many years ago, is the ability to make yourself do what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. Oof. And, Oof. And, and 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 the, and 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 what I learned was that persistence is self-discipline in action. Persistence is self-discipline in action. So whenever you set a goal and then you persist to achieve that goal, your self-esteem goes up. You like yourself. You become a stronger and more powerful person. You get along better with other people, and they get along better with you. In chiropractic, and of course I've been uh, associated with chiropractic for decades. Mm. Uh, some of my best friends are chiropractors. The, in chiropractic, the most important thing is how much the person likes and respects you, mm. and how much your, your patient likes and respects you. Because, because, because t- treating a patient once, as the, as the gentleman just said, treating a patient once or twice uh, it has no future in our mm. business. What you want is not only the patient, but everybody that the patient knows and mm. who knows the patient. That, that, that it is not sales, but it's resales. It's not taking care of a patient, it's taking care of them again and again. And the most important thing of all, as Peter Drucker said, there are three parts of successful business. Number one, to make the first sale. Number two is to make the second sale because the, 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 the client, the patient was so happy with their first experience. And number three is bring your friends so they can have the same experience that you had. Make the sale, make the second sale and bring your friends. Those three, I call the golden triangle of building a successful practice. And I've been, I'm sorry to say, but I have worked with really great chiropractors and I've worked with 
people who were not really great. Mm -hmm. And in every case, the ones that were great were recommended to me. It's all, this business is all a referral business. I said, you mm -hmm. know, I have these pains in my back and like, is it, you should see this person. You should see this person. This is my chiropractor and he is really great. And you know what? You don't argue or debate or ask for no. referrals or anything else. If somebody that you respect likes a particular chiropractor, it just flips over. It just extends. So if I like them, you like them, you just go. Uh, don't even question the prices. That's another thing. Is yeah. if you, they, 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 I've done all kinds of research on this and I did a complete seminar is how to sell higher priced products or services against lower price competition. How do you do that? Well, when I did my research and the re I did a half day seminar on it, when I did my research, I found that price is never the reason for anything. No. Unless the person, of course, is flat broke, as, as, as one of our friends just said, if they have no money at all, um, there's no point in trying to get blood out of the stone, as we say. And so in selling, when we're going through this process today, we always say we have to go back to the basics. You have to go back to the basics, all right? And I'm, I'm running away with this conversation. So you now go for it. No, well, there, there, there are, are seven basics in selling. And uh, you have, it's almost like cooking uh, in the kitchen with a recipe. Um, I, many years ago, when I was young, I found when I went out with girls, I would take them to a restaurant that served Caesar salad because I like Caesar salad. And I don't know if there's anybody here who likes Caesar salad, uh, but I like Caesar salad. So I would go to a restaurant that served Caesar salad. And then one day I noticed that it was a nice restaurant. I still remember it clearly. I, I noticed that the guy making the salad and that was the time when they made the salad in a table next to you. And he was whipping up the salad and putting in the ingredients. And I noticed he was not very smart. I mean, he was, could never be a chiropractor. I mean, he had no, he, he was not a very smart guy. And yet he was whipping up a beautiful Caesar salad. And I said, all you need is a recipe to make the Caesar salad. I said, how is it that you're so good at making a Caesar salad? He said, well, they showed me back in the kitchen. You follow these steps and then you serve the salad. So I decided I'm by gum, I'm gonna get the recipe. And the first thing I did, I borrowed a recipe book from my mother. And then I went downtown and bought a book. And then I followed the recipe and I did what every single person does. I deviated from the recipe. I said, well, that's not that. Yeah. I don't need to do this or, yeah. or nobody will notice that and so on. Um, very small things. For example, they say you need, you need fresh lemon. So what you do is you take a lemon, you cut it in half and you squeeze it. You need the, the lemon from half. Well, so what I did is I bought lemon, uh, a jar or a bottle of lemon juice and put it in and, and it wasn't that. Then they say, well, you need uh, garlic, fresh garlic. Well, I went out and bought garlic in a jar. And then you need um, romaine salad. So I went out and bought and a cheaper salad and throw it all together. And, and I, I just broke all the rules and, and, and the salad just kept coming out lousy. So I finally said, all right, I'm going to make this salad exactly the way the recipe says. And I did. One of the things it said is you need a wooden salad bowl. Not a, not a plastic bowl, not a steel bowl. Yeah. You need a wooden salad bowl and you need to garlic. You need to take a half clove of garlic and you need to rub it all around that bowl. So the whole bowl is garlic. And then you start to put in the ingredients and you use olive oil and you use tarragon vinegar. Nobody knows this. And by the way, if you like Caesar salad, 
go to my website, briantracy.com, and it'll say Brian Caesar salad recipe and download it, no charge. And everybody who's ever done that said, the next salad they made was the best salad they ever made in their life. Their family was just tipped over. They couldn't believe how good it was. My well, point- Brian, you, you are, we're very blessed to have you joining us um, at our, for those in our inner circle group to know this, at our mastermind in about a month's time. And we're very excited about that. But what I'm going to do is uh, a challenge to my, my crew is everyone's going to have to have made a Brian Tracy Caesar salad prior to the event and a photo for you, Brian. How's that? That's wonderful. Now, another thing to remember is that there's like there's 14 steps in a Caesar salad. And and if you miss anyone, it will diminish the quality of the salad. In selling, I've done the same thing. I've, I've given this little kind of talk about Caesar salad and selling to, to many people. And people have written to me and say, you changed my life. You changed my life. You changed my life. I was, you know, cutting corners. Uh, I had heard about these things, but I, I cut a little corner here and a little corner there. Oh, what the heck? Nobody would notice. Yeah. Yes, they would notice. So here's the seven keys to, to uh, um, becoming wealthy uh, as a chiropractor or in any other field. Number one is prospecting. And prospecting is finding people who can and will use your services within a reasonable period of time. That's a very important point. That, I, that definition I developed over the years is finding someone who can and will buy and use your services within a reasonable period of time. So if a person is uh, not likely to purchase your services within a reasonable period of time, thank them very much for their time and uh, give them your business card and say, you know, if I can be of help to you in the future, please call me. I'd love to be of service to you, but I know that you're a busy person. So I'll just let you get on with your day and I'll get on with my day. Mm. In other words, don't try to sell to people who say, if they say, I don't have the money, here's one of my rules. If someone says, I don't have the money, believe them. Believe them. Don't argue with them. Don't debate. Don't listen to this nonsense where people say, oh, everybody's got the money and they can get the money if they want it. And, and all you have to do is find the way. No. If a person will tell you, a complete stranger, someone that they've never met before, one of the most revealing things about their life, that they don't have any money, if they're willing to expose themselves like that, believe them and keep moving. The critical thing about prospecting is to find people that you like and who like you. Now, with regard to prospecting, I always look on my, at my patients or clients on how I can serve them, how I can help them, is, is basically I love my customers. And I found that when I was, when I was starving, uh, a customer made the, made the difference between eating and not eating. Yeah. And by time, I really liked them because they, mm. they bought from me and I could eat. And for, that, for the rest of my life, I've always loved my customers. When I stand and speak to an audience of five or 5,000, the people in the audience know I genuinely care about them. I genuinely want to help them to improve the quality of their life. And when you feel that, and by the way, if you do that, the money will come. Concentrate on finding the right people and the money will come. And, and so that was the first thing, learning how to prospect and learning how to sort them out. You, you, you ever see those the, that movie, uh, those pictures uh, where the Japanese um, chick sorters, you know what I'm talking about, where the chicks are coming down the, uh, the, 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 the belt? And yes, these, yes, uh, yes, yes. These, these specialists, they have the ability to feel a chick 
and determine if it's male or female. Yeah. And they sort them like this. I always love that little picture of them sorting and the, 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 the male are immediately sorted this way so they can be raised as uh, chicken and, 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 and butchered and sent to the uh, store. And the others uh, that lay eggs go to this. And, and these people have this incredible sense, this wonderful ability to separate. And they go, left, right, left, right, left, right. You, you can't imagine. But as a result, they're extraordinarily effective. Your job is to sort out people because what you want is people you like and people who like you. Yeah. The best chiropractors have patients that have been with them forever. And the patients would never go anywhere else. And those patients become almost the major source of new business. Your mm -hmm. very best business is always going to come from previous business. And that's going to come by taking care of people and making it clear that you like them, that you care about them, that you want to help them. This is not just a financial transaction mm -hmm. because you're talking about a person's health and their and their business and their life anyway <coughs> so that's number one Num number two is um building rapport and trust and this is what has enabled me to be so successful in sales i did read all the studies i took all the courses uh, i went through the xerox system and the xerox system is 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 basically very good clever fast talk um uh, twisting, turning, arm wrestling, and getting the customer to buy. And I always felt that that was wrong. I felt mm. that the most important thing was to get the person to like and trust you and only deal with people that you like and trust. Don't ever fake it. You know, you fake it till you make it. You hear that? Mm. Impossible. You mm. pe People are so hypersensitive. They know if you like them genuinely or if you just see them as uh, as a source of revenue. And so if you don't like people, make it clear that you don't like them. One of the best things you can do is turn them over to somebody else in your office who may like them. Yeah. Uh, but, if, but if you don't like them, let them go. You, you know, remember the old saying, some will, some won't, so what next? Yeah. So therefore some will, some will get along with you wonderfully, some won't, so what next? Don't be so sensitive that you have to get everybody to like you because everybody's not going to like you. You are, I'll tell you, everybody watching this, you are wonderful human beings, but some people don't realize that. <laughs> so you just let them go. So the, 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 the fact is you cannot build a relationship with a patient until you like and trust them and they like and trust you. If you start, if you start to talk about costs, services, activities before you have reached that point, Yes. Then you'll kill the, you'll kill the sale, as we say. A, a good friend of mine uh, is, a, is a man named Neil Rackham. And Neil Rackham was uh, commissioned by several of the biggest companies in the world. They all put in $5 million. They put together a $25 million pool. And for 20 years, what he did is he interviewed customers in a variety of different industries, including chiropractic. And they videotaped them and they asked them questions. And the critical question is, why did you buy from this supplier rather than from someone else. And Neil's a wonderful guy. He's, he's British, as a matter of fact, and he's just a, a wonderful man. <laughs> I just love the guy. And, and what he did is he asked these questions and he, he found that um, the 70% 70, 70 or more of the uh, reason for a person purchasing was because the person selling the services believed so strongly in the goodness of your services and in your ability to render those services. 
they just the, the 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 passion and belief in the goodness of what you were doing just came through mm. and uh, and as a result uh people bought from them. why didn't they buy is they just didn't feel comfortable with the provider of the services so starting off if you start to talk about the cost or the services or the technical aspects of it before you have established this level of rapport and trust you kill the sale and you kill the relationship and they'll give you here's here's have you ever heard the words i'll often ask my audiences ryan i say have you ever heard the words let me think about it um uh, leave me some information uh i'll call you back later um uh, i'm not in the market right now have you ever heard these words and what these words mean they equal you're a lousy salesman or salesperson and i'll never talk to you again so whenever the person says let me think it over it means uh, thank you. Goodbye. I will never talk to you again. I'll never take your calls. I will never phone you back. I will never respond to your communication. It's over. Goodbye forever. And so what you do is if you start to talk about the technical aspects of your services before you have built this level of rapport, you'll kill the sale. Now, how do you know when it's time to start talking about the business? What is involved in terms of your services, how many times you'll have to see them, what it will cost, and so on and so on. How do you know? The answer is very simple. They will ask you, please tell me, what do you do and how much does it cost? They will ask you, they will invite you, they will open their arms metaphysically, or I'm sorry, metaphorically, they'll open your arms and say, tell me what you got. Um, and uh, Brian, I, I often, uh, sorry to jump in there, I often say that that to, if, if you've ever had that, most people listen to this have had so that in some way, shape, or form. It is the most golden sentence any of us could ever hear. It just takes all the pressure off, and it just feels fantastic. It just feels amazing to when you get that. Tell me about. Tell me about the thing. How much does it cost, and where? How do we get started? Yes, and and how does it work? Well, the, the the very best client is one who says, "Well, how does it work to relieve my my pain or my stress? Mm -hmm. Please tell me so that I understand what I'm what I'm paying for, or what I'm getting into." Now. Here's an interesting thing that Neil found is that the sale is actually made in the presentation, but the presentation is dependent upon your identifying the client's needs accurately. So your ability to ask mm. good questions and listen intently to the answers and then respond to those questions is what sets up the stage for, for the sale. And the sale is when you explain to the client what you do and why this works for you in the presentation and 95% of presentations can be improved, but the very best salespeople in, in, in 32 industries, including chiropractic have a wonderful ability of explaining why my services are actually going to make you feel better. You're going mm -hmm. to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to, uh, sleep better in other words but tell me why this is going to take place and when i understand why you owe me because you are the one who who, who, who who introduced me to it you were the one who sold me you were the one who who helped me to understand why is it that people don't use chiropractic it's because they don't think it'll do any good why it's because nobody's ever explained to them why it will help them and so what they do is they give you the let me think it over. Let me talk it over with my friends. Uh, do you have any uh, people I could talk to uh, who have you worked with and so on and so forth? No, 
if you build rapport, all they want to know is how it works. And so the examination, I say step, step number one is talking to the right people. Step number two is building rapport and trust. Step number three is, is uh, asking good questions and understanding uh, the examination, we could call it. I say in, in selling, I say, see yourself as a doctor of selling uh, uh, versus a doctor of chiropractic. The first part of a, being a doctor is the examination. And the more, the better you do the examination, the more the patient trusts you and likes you and believes that you can help them. And the best doctors, I've had a lot of medical problems in the last two or three years. And for some reason, I have been referred by my doctors to the best doctors that I could believe. I mean, these, these people are wonderful and um, they've helped me. And, and, and I noticed that their starting point is they do a superb examination. Mm. So when they recommend that this is what we need to do, it's just slam dunk. Uh, as they say in basketball, 100%, I'll, I'll do anything that they say because they, are, they have taken the time to understand me and to, want to, and to want to help me. So asking good questions and then the presentation. The presentation is where you explain to them, no attempt to sell. This is really important. You make no attempt to sell anything. And in the back of your mind, you should have this feeling that if the person decides to use my service, it's good. If they don't, they don't. And in, in either case, you have no emotional involvement in making the sale. All you want to do is explain that if you work with me and I work with you, this is what I will do. And this is what will happen to you as a result. And people always buy the result. People always buy what will happen at the end of the process. And so we say, we say that the, the doctor of selling is it like a doctor of chiropractic. Step number one is the examination. And the more complete the examination, the more the prospect likes and trusts you. Step two is the diagnosis, where you explain mm -hmm. clearly, this is why you have these aches and pains in this area at this time and so on. Because when people understand the light goes on, this is sort of like the light bulb in the cartoons, the light goes on. And then number three part is the um, prescription. Prescription mm. is where you explain based on the examination and the diagnosis, this is what we should do. And they say, ah, that's it. And the, the question of cost always comes at the end or not at all. There are seven critical reasons, we don't need to go into them, that a person will purchase chiropractic services. The price is always number seven, if it yeah. comes up. Sometimes the price, the human beings always ask the price because human beings like to know what things cost. And human beings like to know what things cost relative or in comparison with other things. They're not asking for the price because they're hyper, they don't wanna pay the price. They just need to know it's a piece of information. And so therefore, when they ask the price, they're just asking for a piece of information and give it to them clearly and give it to them without flinching, without blinking, without defending. You know, if, if you have a problem with a potential patient who's concerned about price, it's because you're setting off vibes mm. that say that you are uneasy about the price. They say most, most, most people selling have what is called price neurosis, price neurosis. They're a little bit hypersensitive. They really are, most of, most of us, by the way, come from lives of limited means. None of us were born rich. Mm. And, and so therefore, 
we are earning good money. When you have the skill to be able to uh, offer chiropractic services and the money that you charge, that's a lot of money compared to where you came from. And many people are hypersensitive about the fact that it costs this money. And they set off these vibes and causes the potential patient to say, something's wrong here. This guy's kind of, this guy's kind of acting funny. I mean, he, as soon as I ask the price, he goes so blinking and winking and, and moving and sort of leaning forward. <laughs> so they say that most of the problems about price are created by the uh, person selling in the first right. place. What if I can just jump in there quickly? Um, you know, very early when I when I you know spending much, quite a bit of time with Dan Kennedy, etc., and he often says that he's absolutely convinced that to your point, there's a certain level of telepathy. He uses the word telepathy actually uh, that occurs between the buyer and the seller. If, for instance, that is the case, that, that and, and, and to not to get too woo-woo for everyone on the webinar is, but just understanding that that's how sensitively, how, how, how acute, you know, the acuity to people, we, we're, in, we're connected, you know, that people can sense that off you. So I found it so interesting that you said that, was that price neurosis? Yes. And so, so the 80-20 so the rule, it, you, you never get away from it. It just keeps coming back over and over again. 80% of the reason that the person chooses you to give them chiropractic services is because of the emotional connection between you and them. And this is the same whether you're selling legal services or technical services or dog walking services. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always the same. 80% is how the person feels about it. So therefore, that's, that's where you focus. And you focus on asking questions. And when you ask questions, here's another thing. And it's one of the most beautiful lessons I ever learned in selling is that listening builds trust. Listening builds trust. And I think you should write that down. You should tattoo it on your hand so that you're constantly reading that. Listening builds trust. So how do you get a chance to listen? You ask good questions. And sometimes just your ability to ask good questions and then listen intently to the answers. Lean forward when a person is giving you answers. One of the things that you can do to connect with the person is to just write down notes. Just say, do you mind if I write this down? I'm sure you always do this, but if a person doesn't write it down, what they're saying is that I don't really care that yes. much about your answer. I, I'm asking this because we go through this ritual, but I don't really care. But if you write it down, write it down, write it down, is that the person thinks, well, you really care about what I say. You really care about what I say. It's a small thing. And so ask questions, listen intently to the answers, and ask follow-up questions. And when you ask questions and listen intently, the person likes you and trusts you. And as they like you and trust you, they want to do business with you. They want you to be their, their person. So now the fifth, the, the four, the fifth challenge in, in selling, the fifth part of the selling process is um, answering objections. And all customers or all patients have objections and they feel almost like automatic unless the person is so sold that they don't have any objections but the re reason that they have objections are basically for clarification is they don't fully understand and if a customer has no objections it means they have no interest so when they start to object that cost mm. it sounds like it costs a lot of money and what if it doesn't work and how many times do i have to come before I see a difference with, with the, 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 all good customers have objections 
And if they don't object, it means that they're not interested in purchasing. So one of the examples that I use, I, for, for several years, I went fishing, salmon fishing up in uh, Northern British Columbia. And when you fish with salmon fishing, probably any kind of fishing, you fish and you run out the line and what are you looking for? You've got bait on there, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting for the fish to take the bait. You're waiting for the fish to tug at the line. Now the high point of fishing is when the, the fish starts to tug at the line mm. and you stand there and they're tugging and it's tugging. And this is what you came here for. You paid a fortune to take a private plane all the way up here into Northern British Columbia and rent a boat and go up. Anyway, and then when they bite, when they take the, the, the bite, that's what you came for. So yeah. when, a person, when a prospect begins to object to pricing or timing or anything else, what they're saying is I'm really interested and I need your help to remove any concerns that I might have that would stop me from using your services. So when they object, you always say, that's a good question. Hmm. That is a good, why does it cost so much? That is a good question. That is a good question. Um, why is your schedule, what, why do I have to come uh, multiple times? Geez, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. You always compliment them on the uh, concern that they have. You always respect their concern. And, <laughs> and knowing that when they start to ask questions, is they've decided they're on the on the verge of, of retaining you and your services. Uh, so therefore, just expect it and smile and and be happy to hear it and, and compliment them and tell them what a good and, and give them examples of other people. You know, I have one of my best patients. Always talk about your your other patients as mm. though they are really exceptional people. Um, and you say, you know, one of, one of the patients I have this this person, this man, this woman remarkable person I, I learned so much from him or her he or she was so insightful you know you talk about your existing patients as though they're they're really remarkable people and what happens in the mind of the prospective patient the answer is they want to be that kind of a person they want you mm -hmm. to talk about them uh the same they, way exactly where you talk about other people so you're always very complimentary until until good stories by the way um there's nothing more persuasive than success stories yeah. a person who had the same problem or difficulty and then they had a success experience and this is where they are now we call it before and after is before they had this situation they came to you and afterwards this is how they were and and people always put themselves into the position of the person you're telling the story about and they want to be that successful happy patient they want to have the same success experience. Mine is so interesting. Um, you, you know, one of the things that I, I found fascinating that you mentioned there was objections. And I think it's very important because what happens is when most people get objections is that we believe that an objection is a no. We believe or, some, with, or anxiety in some way, shape or form pops up. And, um, and, and to a point that's very similar, I was once taught this, you know, often at times, I, I, I can't remember who taught me this, but it was on a similar vein that often objections or complaints even within the business is often just a cry for help. Oh, yeah, cry for help. Complaints are wonderful because yeah. what a person is saying is, please remove this concern that I have yeah. so that I 
can't consume your services. Help yes. me out here. I yes. need I need you to reassure me that this will not happen or that this has been taken care of. So you're right. Complaint isn't not just a call for help, but a complaint is is help to remove the mental obstacle that's holding the person back from using your services. So when they complain, you compliment them. Always you make people feel valuable. You say, and in, in many cases, the person will give you an objection that you've, that you've heard before, and but you treat it like you've never heard it before. Like this is a remarkable, it's, it's, it's an astonishingly insightful observation on the entire field of chiropractic and relationships between patients and doctors. It's just, this is, I mean, wow, gee, I mean, whew, that is really insightful. Let me yeah. see, let me see if I can answer that for you. And, um, and you hesitate and then you kind of, maybe just kind of stumble around a bit and you say, you know, the best answer I could give you for that uh, may, came, may have come from one of my patients who had a similar concern. And then this is what they said. And then I said, and in other words, if you can take that complaint or, or, or objection and you can put it into the mouth of a happy patient and talk about how happy this patient is once you resolve that concern, uh, that will often cause the person to buy. That's it. All the, ob- yeah. all the uh, objections uh, disappear. So that's good. Remember, an objection is an opportunity to make a sale, but treat it like it's a really important observation and that this mm. person is really intelligent for having brought it up. Mm. And so now we come to number number six is closing the sale, is getting the person to make a decision, getting the person to make a decision. And and it's so important. Uh, there's I, 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 I many years ago when I began speaking, um, I was struggling. And so I came up with a seminar and it's called, and I called it 24 techniques for closing the sale. And I made it a three hour seminar and I designed it so that there was everything that you do to set up the sale and then 24 different ways to ask for the sale. Mm. And uh, it became one of the, maybe the best selling program on closing the sales in the world. Uh, And I, uh, when they came up with the Amazon and then they came up with your ability to actually create your own programs, your own books on Amazon. I said, well, to, if I'm gonna te- teach people or tell people to write their own book on Amazon, I should do it myself. So one afternoon I sat down and I wrote the book and I, and it's, I think I called it close that sale exclamation point and put a price on it, I think of five or $6. And many people said that they made them rich. It was so simple, just different ways. And I, I could spend you know, the next three or four hours yeah. But I very strongly urge you to go and you can either download the audio version or you can download the, uh, the book version. But it's very important that you know how to ask for the order. No pressure, no um, twisting and turning, just very simple, honest ways of mm. asking for the person. I say it's like reaching out your hand and taking the hand of the prospect and leading them across the water. So how do you ask? And, and, and one, of, one of the simplest closing techniques of all is, well, what would you like to do now? Mm-hmm. Or how soon would you like to get started? And then you just pull out your appointment book or whatever you use as though the decision has been made. Now it's just technical thing, just to determine the timing and so on. But ha- always have a way of asking for the order. Um, and, 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 and the best closing technique of all is um, 
just simply to say, uh, what would you like to do now? Mm. Uh, and take out your pen and your paper and uh, let's get started. How soon would started. you like to get started? Just little things like this. People need to be closed, even if the person loves you and wants to use your services and has no further reason. For some reason, we say, we say when you're dating, when you're young and dating, is a girl likes to be asked. You know, yeah. they're, they're not going to pull off their clothes and jump all over you. They need to be asked. They need to be, <laughs> they need for you to, to, to close the sale. Yeah. And, uh, and in chiropractic, there's about two or three closing techniques that you can use in chiropractic that if you have those three, um, 80% or more of people will uh, sign up and become your patients. But you have to know how to ask and you have to have the courage to just ask. Just ask for the order. Uh, and finally, number seven, and number seven is something that I have fallen in love with, is your very best patients are your existing patients, your very best customers, your very best patients are the very best sources of other patients. Is many people advertise in different ways, but what you should be doing is spending 80 or 90% of your promotional activities in working with your existing patients in taking such good care of them that they want their friends to enjoy the same experience that they have with you. And so, <laughs> so the very best, the very best, um, uh, the very best clients are the ones that will uh, recommend their friends. Now, I just downloaded an article uh, on an area that I've been studying for the last few years. And I, when I found it, it's, it was called The Ultimate Question. It's a book, The Ultimate Question. And when I found it and I read it, I almost died and went to heaven. And what it basically said was that there is the ultimate question is this. Mr. Prospect, may I ask you a question? Based on your experience with us, on a scale of one to 10, what kind of a score would uh, you give us in terms of recommending us to other people? And this is called the ultimate question. Based on your experience with us, on a scale of nine to 10, what kind of a grade would you give us uh, to describe us to other people? Now, what they've found in exhaustive research is that if a person gives you a nine or a 10, that means that they're 100% closed. Are you familiar with this, Ryan? Yeah, it's um, if, and also Robert Caldini's book, Influence, um, uh, his persuasion, his new book, Persuasion, he often talks about this, this concept of uh, a study done so similar, uh, Brian, where outside, let's say you were trying to get people to fill in a questionnaire. If you simply ask them before filling in the questionnaire, uh, sir, do you mind if I ask you a question? On a scale of one to 10, um, would you consider yourself or, or do you consider yourself someone that's helpful? And if they answered the question as yes or hi, the, the, the chances of them filling in the survey, like in the street, went up like 10, or it was like a 90% chance. But it was that it was that pre-framing question prior to the event, which you are going to, which you are. Thanks. What they found, they did this at Bain and Company, the same company that uh, Mitt Romney came uh, out of. What they found was that of all the questionnaires and knocking on doors and telephone calls and mailing and everything else, you could throw them all away and just ask one question. On a scale yeah. of one to ten, would you recommend us, based on your experience with us, would you recommend us to others? on a scale of one to 10. And if they give you a nine or a 10, it means that they're very happy. 
and that they would recommend you to others and that they're going to use your services over and over again. They basically have what uh, uh, one of the great marketers called customers for life or patients for life. If they give you a, a grade of seven or eight, it means that they're in the middle. Uh, they're not uh, sold, they're not uh, unsold, uh, but they're in the middle. And if somebody else comes along with what is uh, apparently a more attractive offer, then they will move. They're ready to, they're ready to, to leave you. The th third is in a grade between one and six. These people are unhappy, they're dissatisfied, and they're basically uh, on their way out the door. So what good companies do, and my favorite story is, I don't know if you've heard of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Enterprise, it's, 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 it's now, it started off as a little company where they rented used cars uh, to people having their cars repaired and they didn't have loaners, if you like. And so uh, they read this and they called the company and they said, we really like this. How do we install it in our company? And they showed them how. Enterprise went from being a little bucket shop in a parking garage in downtown St. Louis to the biggest car rental company in the world. And the way they did that is they taught every single person at every level of the company that had contacts with customers to ask this question over and over again. You, so you check in. And so I read this and I was on, taking a trip and I flew into um, Oakland, which is near San Francisco. And uh, I went up to the counter and I said, I've got a car rental. And they said, da-da-da-da-da, very pleasant, very cheerful, everything else. And then when I finished, I was supposed to go out and get my car. And they said, uh, before you go, on a scale of one to 10, um, how would you rate my service to you? Wow. And would you recommend uh, me to others? And I said, well, I, I had just read the book. And this is why I was going to Enterprise Renegar. And so I gave him my grade. I went out. And as, as I got about halfway to the car, somebody came running uh, toward me. And it was one of the people. And uh, instead of me, them waiting for me to get there, they had phoned and said, new patient, new customers coming in. And so they ran out and they took me back. And then they helped me with this and they helped me with that. And every single time they said, uh, on a scale of one to 10, uh, what grade would you give me in terms of recommending me to others? And every single touching point with- uh, You lost that. Enterprise was just like it was in the book, like it written in the book. And that was a few years uh, before they became biggest company in the world. So mm -hmm. everybody in your staff, and don't worry about saying, well, isn't that a little bit obtrusive and so on? No, have it train all of the people who touch your customers to ask them, oh, by the way, on a scale of one to 10, um, what grade would you give us in terms of uh, recommending us to others? Amazing. Well, on a scale of one to 10, would you recommend us to others? And, uh, and listen, really closely. And what, the, what Enterprise did, and then every other company did it, is they um, began to promote people and reward people and bonus people and move people up based on their scores, their cumulative scores. And uh, it's the most, most, most remarkable thing. And so I told, I told my staff, uh, I had a large staff at that time, and uh, two of them were flying from California to Florida. And um, they arrived at the airport and they hadn't made arrangements to rent a car. And they remembered my story. So they went up to the counter for uh, car rentals and they went to the enterprise car rentals. And he said, it was, it was as though they had sat in on our, our meeting. 
every word that you said that they gave you at home. Uh -huh. And so you can do the same thing. It's because yeah. uh, it, your, 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 your future is determined by the number of people who give you referrals. Mm. As you look at every person that you talk to in your business as being a potential source of five more patients. And mm. they will more than willingly bring you, send you, refer you five more people if you just ask the question. Now, what if they give you a question? This is really important. If, you, if you're determined to become financially independent in this industry, um, what if they give you a, a lousy grade? If they give you a nine or a 10, that's really good. That means you're smoking, you're doing, you're doing wonderful work. And if they give your, your, your staff a nine or a 10, I mean, reward them, uh, bonus them, uh, thank them, uh, lead a hand of applause for them. This is really important. And what if they give you a lousy grade? Let's say they give you uh, anything other than a nine or a 10, what do you do? And obviously you know the answer. You ask them, what will we have to do next time to earn a 10? Right? Oh, nice. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you, they say, well, if you would just do this, or if you just do that, do more of this or less of that, um, then I would give you a 10. And, you, and here's what they found. You say, okay, we'll do it. And then you do it. You, your customers, your clients, your patients, if you like, will tell you what you need to do to become rich with mm. patients. They'll tell you, if you just do more of this or less of that, then I would give you a 10. And then you go and you do it. And then you call them back, you phone them, you visit them, you do whatever you can and say, I took your advice, we did this uh, the very next time, ta-ta-ta, and uh, it was really helpful. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And that person will move you straight up to a 10, and yes. from now on, they'll only do business with you because you took their advice and you acted on it and you did it. And there's a really important thing. You've heard of the, 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 the uh, little phrase, uh, a need for speed. Customers, clients, patients, whatever, have a need for speed. And everything that you do, if you do it fast, they like you more. They love you. You make them happy. Their hearts pump custard because they gave you a piece of feedback and you acted on it immediately. And uh, so that's something that's very important. Acting on a piece of uh, feedback a week or a month from now is as if you did nothing at all. But if you immediately act on their feedback and then tell them you acted on their feedback and thank them for their yeah. feedback, um, they, they, they will have a vested interest in making you successful. Very nice. I once thought that a prompt response, like for instance, emails, a prompt response is better than the perfect response at times. Yes, yes. Even, even, you know, here's a simple thing that I, you know, I've spoken now face to face to more than 5 million people in more than 5,000 talks and seminars in 84 countries. And uh, I, I, I almost always tell my uh, clients, my sales clients is that um, if, if, if you don't have the answer, tell them, I don't have the answer, but I'll, get, yeah. I'll give you the answer. If I don't know for sure, I'll find out, but I'll get back to you quickly. Just even telling them, that you're not going to be able to tell them will cause them to like you and trust you and mm. want to do business with you. Brian, I just want to be respectful of your time because I know you have to run, but I just wanted to say that was freaking amazing. Honestly, I can't tell you there was the, those steps, those gold, the golden nuggets. And um, I can't tell you how much it's going to help us all serve better, have more abundance for our families, our lives, uh, and by more abundance, have help more people, etc. And if you would, if you wouldn't mind, if you've got a second, if you've got a second, what I want to do is I just quickly want to ask you, just in the in the in the group. First of all, 
just write down one golden nugget that you saw that you heard from Brian. Phenomenal advice, Brian. This is gold dust. Thank you, Brian. Just write down one thing that was like golden. So I can just let Brian order, already ordered your book, Brian. Um, people coming through. Um, what was one piece of advice that one golden nugget now that you heard from Brian that was just like, ah, oh, was it that question? Like, um, uh, your customers will make you rich. Objections are good. Listening builds trust. Uh, needs to be a nine or ten. Uh, don't have price neurosis. Score one to ten will make you rich. Objections mean they're interested. Um, what would I need to do to become a ten? Gold, 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 gold. Spend eighty percent or ninety percent of your time activities and existing customers, creating more customers. Uh, start with yourself. Um, build trust. Uh, sale, uh, sale, second sale, and then friends. Anyway, they're all coming through. Brian, thank you so much for your time today and, and, just, uh, and just giving so abundantly and being with us. And my crew is going to spend more time with you at our mastermind. But I just want to thank you so much for today. I really appreciate it so much. Your team and you have all been amazing. Thank you. Let me leave you with this one thought that which helped me, which has helped so many hundreds of thousands of professionals, is just talking to yourself. We say, you, you know, you become what you think about most of the time. Mm -hmm but you also become what you say to yourself. And so we say affirmations, 95% of your emotions are determined by how you talk to yourself. And so how do you talk to yourself? Well, what people tell me is here's the magic words. You get up in the morning and you say, I like myself and I love my work. I like myself, I love my work. I like myself, I love my work. I like myself, I love my You cannot say those words five times without feeling great. Your self-esteem goes up, you smile, you're happy, you hug your wife, you feel good about yourself. I like myself, I love my work, I like myself, I love my work. And pretty soon this locks in and this becomes your worldview. And people can feel it, they can sense that you like yourself and they can sense that you love your work. And that's why they want to do business with you. And everybody working with you should say the same thing. I like myself, I love my work. I like myself, I love my work. And if you repeat it often enough, you drill it down deep into your subconscious mind and it just becomes automatic. You wake up in the morning and you just feel great about yourself and everybody can feel it and they wanna be around you and they wanna be your, your patient and they wanna recommend their friends to you. Awesome, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, you've given so abundantly of your time tonight, everything like that. Everyone, if you please do me a big favor, a lot of you will see Brian again at our next mastermind. Um, and uh, I just want to say, if you can, Brian, there's be a whole bunch of people you can see and there's people you can't see in the webinar version. But can everyone please do me a big favor? Brian, thank you so much for your time. Can you please give Brian Tracy a huge round of applause? Thank you, Ryan. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. See you soon. Awesome. Hey, guys, how was that? Cool, right? Amazing. I appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, Cubs, great to see you. Sandberg, cool. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would agree that it's impossible for your life, your business, your abundance, your sales to not go up. How many think it's impossible for you not to have better something of those after the session? 
It's freaking impossible. Like, I, I guarantee you, you just implement one of those questions. You guarantee you one of those understandings. You know, it's, oh, that was just gold.